Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, guys. It's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there? How are you handling everything out there? You guys all right? You guys staying with me? Um, I am super excited about our shows this week. I feel like um, they're all going to be about the Word of God and just what God's Word says, which to me ain't nothing better. You can take this stuff to the bank, you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, I I, I count it just such a privilege, a privilege of my life to um, just bring you guys the word of God. For those of you that are listening and you're like, man, I didn't catch that whole show or uh, man, I didn't catch that guest or what, what passage of scripture did she use or something like that. For those of you that don't miss something and you need to catch something, you can go and subscribe to the podcast, iTunes and uh, Spotify. You can actually go to our website too, autumnmiles.com and, um, you know, look us up, check us out. In the last couple of weeks, we have been blown away by the just good words. I, I think uh, the compliments, the interest in the podcast and the show. So um, thank you guys so much for listening. I love you so much. Um, my show today is going to be called this, and I have preached on this a lot. I've probably done multiple shows on this before, but I think that this is such a beautiful word for what we are experiencing right now. Um, The title of this will be this. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. I feel like when we go through what we've just been through as a, not even as a country, as a, as a, as the earth, as the earth just goes through what it just went through, we seem to face problems that are bigger than ourselves, that are bigger than even our communities, that are bigger than our states, that are, you know, bigger than our government, uh, that, that, that are just bigger than us. And in the last couple of months, we have seen that as much as we want to control, as much as we want to have power, uh, there are some things that you absolutely cannot control. There are some things that that God allows um, and you can't control them. And, And my word for you today, straight out of scripture, is this is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. In our sight, it's a huge thing. It's a thing that affects us. It it catches us off guard. It causes us to 
look at our lives and feel very unstable and insecure. And we find ourselves crying out, are you going to come through God? Do you see how X is affecting my life, God? Are you going to come through? Are you a faithful God? Do you see what I need to feed my family? And when we see in scripture through this passage of scripture, um, we don't see God saying, no, I'm not going to help with that. No, we don't see Jesus walking through the different towns, looking at the people that approached him in faith and saying, oh, you have the problem with leprosy? Nah, I'm good. I'm not going to help you with that. We don't see him rejecting people that come to him desperately for help. We don't see that. That's not part of his nature. That's not part of who he is. And I, I want to just remind you, I, I wrote a book called Gangster Prayer, and a lot of you guys have read it. Um, but there's a chapter in that book called The Disrespected Yes. And I do think that God's yes has been disrespected over the years, maybe because we don't feel like he will. We assume the no. We assume he's just going to say no, so we don't even ask for a yes, especially in things that are overwhelming, especially in things that are bigger than us. Um, we just tend to assume the no because God is not going to meet our need because it just seems so great. And I want to remind you, based on the passage of scripture I will read here in just a second, is this is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. I feel like someone needs to hear this. What you're facing is slight in the eyes of the Lord, meaning it's no problem for him. It doesn't make him break a sweat. Your issue, no matter how big, no matter how great, does not cause God in heaven to pace back and forth in the throne room and say, oh, I really, this is a big one. I really don't know how I'm going to answer this. I, I, hmm, interesting. I don't know. You know, God doesn't pray to a greater God than he is. He is God. He knows. He has the answer to what we need. Your request is not too big. Uh, I want to read this passage of scripture, 2 Kings 3, 13 through 27. I love this passage of scripture. I love it. Um, and I, I, I'm kind of, on times when I feel like, oh man, this is, this little issue is really kicking my butt. I open up this passage of scripture. Now, I'm going to read it. I don't want you to check out. Of course, uh, the whole word of God is important. But let me set it up for you. We have these, uh, these, these kings, um, these kings that have come together, and they are super frustrated at the king of Moab because the king of Moab has basically double-crossed them. And the king of Israel, the king of Judah, the king of Edom have come together in order to fight the king of Moab. He basically went back on a deal that uh, he had made. So they're, they're, the three of them are coming together 
to wage war against the king of Moab. Um, I'm going to start in verse 9. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah, the king of Edom, and they made a circuit of seven days journey. So they're coming together and they're, 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 they're setting out on a journey to defeat the king um, of, of Moab. And they start off on this seven days journey. Now, these three kings, they are kings. You think of all of the people that a king has at his disposal. Let's just take Queen Elizabeth, for example. I mean, she's got like all these people that advise her that, well, I don't know if she, if she listens to her advisors anymore so much. She's so, she's been queen forever. So she's probably advising her advisors. Uh, but she has help. So these three kings have help. They have advisors. They have courts. They have people that they can call in on for wisdom and for advice. And these three kings somehow in their rush to go and in their rush to defeat the king of Moab, they forgot to pack on their seven day journey water. I don't know how you could set out, leave with armies with you and forget to pack water. This is such um, common sense. Common sense is my thing. I, I, I'm, I've, I tell my kids, I'm not really book smart, but I've, I'm definitely street smart. Common sense. Someone like me, I would never be like, oh yeah, let's go on a saving day's journey. Now make sure you pack the ammunition. Make sure you pack the guns and the the arrows and the, you know, whatever it is that you, you make sure you pack your armor. Make sure you get your horses ready to go. Um, um, I, I, I would never say, make sure you have all these things ready and leave out water. I would never forget that. But apparently these three kings um, weren't thinking with their street smarts. Maybe they trusted the wrong people. Maybe they just assumed that their people were doing it for them. I don't really know, but they set out, made a circuit, 2 Kings 3, 9, of seven days on a journey, and there was no water for the army or for the cattle that followed them. Now, you can live for multiple days without food, but water, fluid, you cannot live very long without. You know, you see these survival, you know the survival, like I hate these survival shows. They actually make me cringe. Um, I'm not outdoorsy. I respect people that are outdoorsies. Listen, I am all for you. My husband is one of you. We love you. We support you. But that's not how God made me. And I'll watch these outdoor shows where they do, they run out of water. I remember watching one in particular where he got caught in Arizona. I used to live in Arizona. It's like over 100 degrees there. It's absolutely terrible. You know, you get dehydrated really fast in Arizona, especially if you're on one of these trails. He was dehydrated. It was hot. He knew he wasn't going to make it. But I look at this and I think, you know, uh, you almost can have mercy to those guys. I don't understand the wilderness life, but I understand a lot of people like it. 
But this is exactly what happened. You cannot survive a long time without water. And about seven days in, they're realizing, oh my goodness, we don't have enough water for our, um, for our, our armies and for our cattle. The problem is so huge that they know that the king of Moab is really not their enemy at this point. Uh, uh, they're going to wage war against him, but the king of Moab is not really the enemy. The lack of water is a greater enemy. And, you know, I think it's interesting. We look at this coronavirus, and some of us have been greatly affected by it. Some of us not so much. The greatest effect that we've had is that we've had to shelter in place uh, when when it comes to it, you know, that the coronavirus might not have been the major problem in our situation. The greater problem might have been our unemployment. The greater problem might have been that we had to face our husband or wife and had to face some problems while we were out of work. We had to look at them every single day and we had to face some issues that truth be told we've had for a long time, but that we have just been sweeping under the rug because we've made ourselves busy so we didn't have to face what we were actually living. The problem might not have been Moab, the, uh, the coronavirus, the problem might have been a secondary issue. And this is exactly why we see these three kings. The water was more deadly at this point after seven days than any battle against Moab. So this is what happens. The king of Israel said, alas, for the Lord has called these three kings to give them into the hand of Moab. I love that their, that they, their lack of intelligence or their um, assuming that someone else took care of the problem for them, they blame on the Lord. I, I just, I think, how many times do we do that? We make a stupid decision and we blame it on God. That's exactly what these three kings, um, by the way, the king of Israel did at this time. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet here? Jehoshaphat steps forward, the king of Judah. And he says, is there not a prophet here? that we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the kings of servants answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Now, if you remember, Elisha was given a double portion of Elijah's power. So this dude has power seeping out of everything. I mean, he is like walking by and like he is just filled with this miraculous power. It says that even when he died and they were burying him, uh, uh, his bones gave life to someone else that had died. Absolutely unbelievable amount of power this guy had. So Jehoshaphat knows that he is there. He knows that he is present. Jehoshaphat said the word of the Lord is with them. Jehoshaphat knew where to go because this was an incredibly difficult problem. He knew the source. He knew, he knew um, not to go to a friend and to complain about unemployment, to complain about the water situation. He went directly to the source that was incredibly smart as far as Jehoshaphat is concerned. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went down to him. Now, Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have with you? Elisha is like kind of gangster here. Go to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said, no. 
For the Lord has called these three kings together to give them into the hand of Moab. Again, the king of Israel losing his mind. We can't go back because God wants us to die at the hand of Moab. You know, blaming God for a stupid decision that they had made. Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before where I stand, were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, who was a godly man, the king of Judah, I wouldn't even look at you or I wouldn't even see you. Jeho uh, Elisha, he is totally a gangster. He is like, dude, you need to back it up. Like, stop your whining, stop your complaining. Um, I, I know Jehoshaphat because he's a godly dude, but you, you're blaming God for your own stupidity here. He says this, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came about when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. He said, thus says the Lord, make the valley full of trenches. Now, let's bring it back home to you before I get into the second part of what, what I really want to say. Here we have Jehoshaphat who understood, yeah, they definitely left without water. That was really stupid. They should have packed water, whatever, whatever. Now they, um, they're in a pickle. They don't sit in a stew, at least Jehoshaphat didn't. It, it, the king of Israel was losing his mind, but it, Jehoshaphat was thinking clearly. We are, we have a secondary emergency here. It's a really, really big deal. Now, some of you clearly Corona came out of nowhere and you have an emergency really based on no fault of your own. But this speaks directly to that. When there is the secondary emergency where maybe it's not Corona, maybe it's a loss of a job, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's who knows? There's so many different things floating around out there right now. It's very important that we keep our heads and that we realize the source of the power that we have available to us. Jehoshaphat knew that, and so he sought out the prophet to see what the prophet would do. Right now is not a time for you to be the king of Israel in this passage and to freak out and to start whining and to start blaming God and, and um, you know, to start losing your mind. Now is the time to clear the, the, the spider webs from your mind. I know we all kind of have Corona brain right now. And if you find yourself facing the secondary emergency that is greater even than the threat of the virus, it's time for you to go to the source and not in a wimpy way. You'll, you'll see here that these three kings, they sought out Elijah, Elisha. They sought him out. Listen, Elisha, we're going to die. We don't have any water. We need you to do something. You have to move. They probably didn't even have a day or so left before people would stop dropping like flies because they were they died of dehydration. Elisha, we need a piece of this power. We need you to answer. Ask the Lord to give us an answer. So he said, make the valley full of trenches. 
there was an action that Elisha said. Most of the time when we're asking God for something, there's always an action that we have to do. Sometimes we don't like the action. Sometimes it takes work, but there is an action. Listen, I don't know what make your valley full of trenches is. I don't know if it's sending your resume to 300 people. Make your valley full of trenches. And then he says this. For thus says the Lord. After you make your valley full of trenches, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you shall drink both you and your cattle and your beast. And this is what the entire show is based on today. Then he drops the mic with this line. This, guys. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. I know it's a big thing to you. It's a life and death thing to you. It's something where you're seeking me out in order to figure out what exactly we're supposed to do. But let me tell you what it's like for the Lord. He's not even going to break a sweat. It's not even going to challenge him. It's not even going to cause him to be puzzled. He's not going to have an anxious spirit about it. He's, 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 he's not going to have to go to counsel for it. This is but a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. And he also says this. He's also going to give the Moabites into your hand. Then you will strike every fortified city and every choice city and fell every good tree and stop all the springs of water and mar every good piece of land with stone. Verse 20, it happened after they drug, dug the trenches in the morning about the time of the offering of the sacrifice that behold, water came way of Eden and the country was filled with water. Now, all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them and all who were able to put on armor and older were summoned and stood at the border. They rose early in the morning and the sun shone on the water that came out of nowhere and the Moabites saw the water opposite them as red blood. It was water, but when they saw them, when the sun came up, apparently there was a reflection where it looked like it was red blood. And they said to themselves, this is blood. The kings have surely fought together and they have slain one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So they're running in because they think that the, the three kings all got in an argument and they all killed each other. Uh, but when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites arose and struck the Moabites so that they fled before them and they went forward into the land, slaughtering the Moabites. Thus they destroyed the cities and each one threw a stone in every piece of good land and filled it. So they stopped all the springs of water and felled all the good trees until here Harasheth. Only they left its stones, however. The slingers went about and struck it. Now listen, guys. It may seem impossible for you. And it probably is. Let's just be real. It probably is. 
but it's not for the Lord. It's a slight thing. I love that this, I love this story because he, Elisha says, go dig a ditch. And then he warns him and he says, you're not going to see the rain. You're not going to see wind. You're not going to see how God's going to do it. But rest assured this, he will do it. And that's the word I feel like God wants me to deliver to you today. You're supposed to dig the trench. And you're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. And you need to trust that God will come through when we seek him. And you also need to trust this. This is a slight thing in the sight of the Lord. Has he failed you yet? Today is not his day to fail you. Love you guys so much. I hope this encouraged you today. One of my absolute favorite, favorite, I feel like I say that all the time, um, but it really is. I have so many things dated in this passage of scripture. Um, I hope it encourages you. I love you guys so much. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on the Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Mile Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.